You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Nerds! Today's episode is sponsored by NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Ready to expand your financial game? NerdWallet can coach you on smart strategies like choosing investments, finding your next credit card, and setting a budget that works for you. Score major points towards your summer vacation by learning expert tips for choosing a high-yield savings account and how to build wealth by investing in index funds. Slide into summer with smarter decisions in 2024. Follow NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Future you will thank you. Let's ride with Touchdown Denver. Touchdown Denver. Hosted by Nick Ferguson and George Stoya. All right, everybody. Welcome back from that quick break. Uh, And, Nick, I want to talk about Dalton Reisner. We talked about the other guys that kind of took the podium yesterday. Uh, I, did you did you see Reisner's press conference? Yeah, I did. Um, I don't know what your reaction to it was, Nick, but I, I didn't. I, I I don't know if I I liked the tone. To be completely blunt, um, you know, he, he talked about what happened with him and Rippin, and uh, you know, his first the first thing he really said was, "Well, the media didn't cover the part of us making up on the sidelines," uh, and I was like, "Man, listen, here's my <laughs> thing on that." <laughs> is when you push the backup quarterback on national television and it's broken up by a guy like Latavius Murray and Montreal Washington, no one cares that you made up with the backup quarterback later in the game or, or in the locker room, whenever it happened. Uh, like you can't do that, right? Uh, you're a guy that's been here a long time uh, and, and, and twisting this and turning it all of a sudden back on the media, to me, just didn't feel the right like right way to handle that. Um, so I didn't like that, Nick. And then the end of it, I don't know if you caught the end of it, Nick, but he was asked, what would he sell to someone that was going to be the next head coach of the Broncos? Like, what would you sell to someone that, that say, Hey, come coach us, come coach the Broncos. And his answer was, I wouldn't sell anything. Uh, I'm the starting left guard and I don't need, that's not my job, which I mean, technically he's right. But it wasn't a, a great, I wouldn't say a great endorsement uh, of the team or of what he feel like, how he feels about the team. And of course, his contract, Nick, you and I have talked about it. His contract's up at the end of the year. Maybe he knows he's not going to be back after this season. Maybe he's frustrated that they haven't started talking about that. But I don't know, Nick. I maybe you're maybe you have a different opinion, but I didn't really like the way that he handled that yesterday because his to me, what Randy Gregory did. Obviously, you cannot do. It's unacceptable. You can't punch guys. You can't punch an opponent, all that stuff. But to me, Nick, what Dalton Reisner did on the sideline, to me, I would be more upset about as a coach than what Randy Gregory. What Randy Gregory did is he's frustrated. He's pissed off. He wants to win, and he takes his anger out on the other team. What Dalton Reisner did was not pick up his starting quarterback, then come over to the sideline and shove his backup quarterback. I mean, he's fighting with his own teammates. So I don't know, Nick. The way he reacted yesterday just kind of rubbed me the wrong way. Well, first and foremost, um, I've never really seen two offensive guys really go at go at it like that in my in my time. Uh, Defensive guys, yeah, that's kind of expected because you know we are always you know being aggressive and attacking the defense. Uh, I mean, the offense, the opposing offense. But, you know, we always get into little squabbles because, you know, that competitive edge 
And, you know, to, to Don Ryan's rising to credit, that's a little of what he was uh, going through. Uh, it, it was like uh, frustration playing out in real time. Uh, what you would say to him is that, you know, even if you are frustrated, we have to, as men and teammates, know how to handle those situations. And when you push your backup quarterback, it never looks great, even though the two men said that uh, they made up. And I, I, you, like a lot, a lot of other media members, felt as though Dalton Reisner was kind of uh, turning the finger back on them and saying, okay, well, hey, hey, it, it was your fault. Yeah, you caught it. Yeah, you reported it. But you didn't talk about this other half of making up. And, and being off, to be fair, and this is maybe the player inside of me, uh, there are instances where the media just focus on one aspect of a situation. They don't talk about the other aspect. So I kind of agree with Dalton just a little. Uh, the fact that if you're going to tell one part of the story, you got to tell the other too. But it just seemed like the pushing was the catalyst for everything and was part of the disaster that was uh, uh, Christmas, uh, the, the loss, the huge loss to the Rams. So that was a part of it. Now getting to the second part when he was asked, well, how would you sell this team or whatever? I thought he could have done a better salesman job of the team and why he thought it was important for the next guy to come in uh, to want to be here because of the camaraderie in the locker room, how he gelled with the other guys on both sides of the ball, how he made up with Brett Rippon. But we didn't get that. Maybe that was the bitter Dalton Reisner. You know, maybe knowing as though the die may be cast on him already and the team is looking to move in a different direction. Now, that hasn't happened yet. But we'll see what happens with him and his contract. But once again, this was a little of uh, his personal emotion playing out in real time in a professional way. Yeah, and and again, the, the media thing. I, again, it's probably because I'm in the media, and so obviously I took it the <laughs> the other way. I just feel like, and look, it, he has the right to feel that way. I'm sure there's people that have covered it the wrong way. I know me personally. I've I've included the part that they've made up, and that you know, there's a video out there of them hugging on the sideline you know, minutes later, uh, and, and it's all being all good. And I know there's probably guys that did it. I just think to lead with that when talking about, you know, coming up and, and he's supposed to be coming up there to apologize and immediately saying, well, the media didn't cover this part. It's like, come on, man, like save that for the end of your, your answer. Uh, that's fine. But like to lead with that, it's like, man, don't just flip it right back on us. You're the one that shoved the backup quarterback. Well, but, on but, national well, television. Well, here's what I would say. Once again, being a player. Right, right. Dalton Ryzen knows that there are certain certain people who constantly pound the negative narrative, and he's probably heard that narrative. People he know probably told him the same thing, man. This is what they're saying about you. So he was so upset that he wanted to open up to let that be known. Now he didn't address anyone uh by name, but he wanted to let that be known, like, hey, listen, we did yes, you did see what you saw, right? I, I, I thought I heard Rippon say one thing, but I was totally wrong. But we made up. Can, can we now talk about that as well? And once again, you know, there's not that many George Stoyers that are out there that tell both sides of the story. So he wasn't really speaking to you per se, George. He was speaking to those who only just focus on the incident itself in the show. Yeah, I know. I just, I don't know, man. I just... I just think it could have been, he could have said it better, I guess, but it, it doesn't matter. He, he, you know, he, I think that everyone's sort of ready to move on 
with it. Um, you know, and he spoke after the game, which I applaud him for. And, and you know, Brett spoke on Wednesday as well in the locker room and said everything's good. I, I just think, um, again, maybe he could have said something different. But who knows? I, I've, I've never been in that spot, so I don't know. I also think, though, Nick, you said he didn't name anybody. I think the media should be held accountable. Uh, like, if I were a player, I'd get up there and say, hey, you know, uh, and I won't call anybody <laughs> out, but I would be like, hey, you, you, I saw you didn't ever say anything about this. Uh, you know, just as, as, as we, you know, hold these guys to a high standard to get up there and talk in front of us and answer these tough questions. If they came out there and called me out and said, hey, George, you didn't write about this. Why didn't you ask me about this? Uh, I would applaud that. Like, go for it, man. Like, cause there's people, Nick, you and I've talked about, there's people in this, this, this media market that, uh, probably need to be held accountable every every now and then. So um, I'm, I'm, I'm all for that. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next? Last forever. The Stanley Cup final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. But Nick, um, you know, one Reisner is gonna have a new coach this week. Uh Ben Steele has taken over the offensive line coaching duties, uh, and Mike Mallory has taken over the special teams coaching duties. Obviously, we've talked a lot about Nathaniel Hackett being let go. Uh, they also let go uh special teams coordinator Dwayne Stukes. Uh, and uh, offensive line coach Butch Berry, which Jerry Rosberg, Nick, uh, which I was kind of surprised by, and we'll, we'll, we'll react to it here in a second, but I was kind of surprised. Jerry Rosberg said that he was the one that made those decisions. He's the one that fired both those guys. So here's the audio uh, from Jerry Rosberg talking about that and why he made those decisions. With regard to Butch, I have great respect for Butch and, and a, infection. He's a good man and a, really a fine coach. I made that move because I wanted to move in a different direction with the offensive line. I wanted to make an impactful move in the offensive line. We need to get better there to help all aspects of it. And I made that decision. I take full responsibility for it. And I've talked to Butch and I've talked to the players and I've, uh, and it's something that we're going to move forward from at this point. That's the nature of the National Football League. Nick, that's him talking about Butch Berry there. Uh, just before that, I don't know if you caught this, Nick, but he talked about the special teams unit. He did not mention Dwayne Stukes, uh, and he said that it was one of the worst units in uh, the NFL. I believe his quote was, uh, we ranked 32nd in many of the metrics, and if you didn't know, there's 32 teams in the NFL. Um, so he was not very happy with the special teams unit. Nick, what was just your, your reaction to them? Uh, to him making those two moves? Well, uh, I, I didn't think those moves were going to be made until after the two games remaining in the season were over. But uh, there was kind of maybe a little special teams uh, bias uh, there because he's coached so long in special teams. He had an opportunity to watch his team since week three. Um, may not have been comfortable with some of the things that Coach Stoops was doing, but in the role that uh, he was placed in, he couldn't really say too much about it even though he didn't like it. When Jiro Evero did not take the job, it opened the door for Rosberg to now say, hey, listen, I don't like what you're doing. I don't like the stats on your on, on your special teams unit. So we're just going to go ahead and move away from you. But you you bring up a very interesting point. I noticed he didn't mention Coach Stoops' name, 
but Butch Berry, he did mention his name, but he spoke about him as being a good man. He didn't speak about him as being a good coach. That was something that really stuck out to me. And then he followed that by saying, I wanted to take this offensive line in a different direction. He's saying that both coaches, by sitting back watching him, were not doing things that he would have liked to see them do or were that he was fond of uh, based on his coaching experience. So he wanted to make a move. Uh, yeah, that happens in NFL. For us, we just get a chance to see how it plays out real time and see how the offensive line responds and see how the special teams unit respond. And if those two units go out and play well, it only it won't only speak volumes to Jerry Rosberg decision-making, but it's also going to highlight uh, Nathaniel Hackett and maybe his poor choices in coaches as well. Yeah, I mean, the the Dwayne Stuke stuff to me was really interesting because, um, like I said, he didn't mention Dwayne Stukes by name. Uh, he also basically said it was a bad unit. And then, Nick, you think back to what Dwayne Stukes said about Jerry Rosberg when Rosberg was first hired. I don't know if you remember this, Nick, but he was asked, hey, are you going to lean on uh, Jerry Rosberg and ask for advice? And Dwayne Stukes said no. <laughs> he said, uh, you know, that he doesn't need his help, essentially is what he said. And uh, I'm sure that those two did not see eye to eye. Uh, and I think that's what ended up happening, happening here. So uh, very interesting stuff. But Nick, what, what can we maybe see that's going to be maybe different from those two units? Uh, I joked with somebody, I was like, you watch Montreal, Washington is going to return a kick for a touchdown <laughs> now uh, because Jerry Rosberg's coaching up the special teams, which by the way, I, I think I said this earlier in the show, he was regarded as one of the best special teams coaches in the NFL before he retired. So uh, I do think we might see some changes there. And then obviously the offensive line, it sounds like they might be doing some different stuff. Well, if Montreal Washington takes one back to the house, for me, he's going to be doing something that comes natural uh, to him. I mean, we've seen flashes uh, of his speed and his vision and his burst. But the one thing that uh, derails a punt returner, a kick returner's ability to kind of advance the ball in an explosive way are the guys blocking in front of, in front of them. So now if we do see uh, two explosive returns by Montreal Washington or one being taken to the house, it's going to be because the guys in front of him now, a fire's been lit under them for them to do their job, and they can't coast anymore. Not because of Montreal, but because the unit itself. Yeah. it's Again, it's going to be interesting to see what the special teams units look like these next two weeks, because I do think Jerry Rosberg's going to change some things up, what they're doing. Uh, and maybe it's you know small things that we don't really see, right? Um, but I do think that we'll, we'll see some stuff. So maybe they're maybe more productive on that side because they really haven't been a great unit this year. So, and also just, uh, you know, I think across the board, Nick, it's going to be interesting to see what they look like this weekend and next weekend against the chargers. Nick, we didn't break down much of this game um, that's coming up because there's a lot of other stuff going on, right. With this football team, but what, what do you want to see this weekend and, and, and give me a prediction. What, what, what do you think happens this Sunday? Well, I want to see the team fight, right? Uh, we saw them fight in the second half uh, here at home playing against this Kansas city chiefs team. I want to see what these, uh, you know, new changes mean for the Broncos, how the players adapt, how the coaches adapt. And knowing as though you plant the team, you haven't beaten 14 tries. Let's see what that looks like. Now, will the Broncos win that game? 
I'm not sure, George. Uh, I'm, I'm not sure. Obviously, I'm going to give that to the Kansas City Chiefs because they don't want to have a letdown to the Denver Broncos. But this would be a great opportunity for the Broncos to kind of sneak up from behind and pounce and take advantage of a Kansas City team that's already looking past them. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that this is a game that you just want to see good effort. That's it. You want to see good effort. Uh, you want to see them maybe move the ball. You want to see Russell Wilson play well, right? Uh, that's another thing Jerry Rosberg said yesterday is that, that Russell Wilson will be the starting quarterback these last two weeks. I, I didn't expect that to change, but he did say he will be the starting quarterback. Um, and, and so you want to see him play well. You want to see the offense move. You want to see – you just want to see guys play hard, Nick. That's that's really it these last two weeks. I know you want to win these two games, right? Uh, win one for the Gipper, uh, you know, all that good stuff. Uh, you know, maybe again, maybe Jerry Rosberg earns himself a lifetime contract with the win on Sunday, but I don't see that happening. Uh, I, I, I like the Chiefs in this game. I think the spread is, I think, like 12 and a half. I think the Broncos keep it close, uh, you know, and then maybe the Chiefs, you know, pull away late, something like 31 17 or something like that. But uh, that that's what you want to see these last two weeks. And, and really, you also want to see guys not get hurt, Nick. Uh, you know, they've had so many injuries this year. I think it's 27 guys on the IR, no serious injuries, uh, these last couple of weeks. And, and, uh, again, just play hard, keep these games close. Uh, I still think they could steal one against the chargers the last week, just cause one, I'm not a believer in the chargers. And two, I wouldn't be shocked if they, they rest some of their guys considering they've already clinched for the playoffs. So, um, again, that's what you want to see. I think Jerry Rosberg, uh, is the right guy to be the interim head coach right now. Nick, it's also going to be interesting to hear from Ejiro Evero uh, today. He'll be speaking with the media. Obviously, he's a candidate for the head coaching job. Uh, players had a lot of good stuff to say about him, so going to be interesting to hear. Anyways, Nick, any final thoughts before we get out of here? Uh, this felt like a long podcast, but we, we covered a lot of topics. I mean, the, the organization is in transition. I, like many uh, Broncos fans, want to see someone that, that comes in and instills a certain type of uh, accountability and discipline with this team. And on a uh, game on Sunday, I want to see very uh, few penalties, uh, no turnovers, and I don't want another lackluster performance. So this is going to tell me a lot about certain guys in that locker room and the, what direction that this organization is headed. But more importantly, what, you know, the early words from Jerry Rosberg, did they really sink in? Did guys grab a hold to those words and go out there and try to put their best foot forward. So it's going to be an interesting game to watch on, on Sunday just for those reasons alone. Yeah, and, and definitely we'll, we'll, we'll get into breaking down these last two games these next couple of weeks. But Nick will also be talking about you know who some of these candidates might be, who we think would be the right fit for this job. Maybe it's Jerry Rosberg. Who knows? Um, but we have a lot to dive into these, these next few weeks as the Broncos, like you said, enter a huge transition show. So thanks to everybody for listening. Uh, make sure you guys like subscribe to the podcast, make sure you guys share it uh, with your friends and, and family and all that good stuff. And we will see you guys next week after the Broncos and chiefs game. Peace.